even though I was about 500 feet up, it's coming straight down. You know, I cut the throttle and I'm, I'm trying to wiggle the sticks. I'm screaming, heads up, heads up. I don't got it. And at the last second, welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the RC Roundtable, where we are, what, day 5,280 of the COVID? <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least. If not, it certainly feels like it. I'm now a member of ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can you, can you spin an airplane on your belt buckle? <laughs> you want to take a quick diversion? Because uh, you guys know I met the drummer from ZZ Top a few years ago because he yeah. uh, he used to fly RC airplanes. That's correct. He used to? He's done? Well, I, he may or may not. I, I haven't talked to him in several years, so I don't know. Reminds me of a thread I saw in one of the uh, forums about famous celebrities that flew RC models. And it was an interesting eclectic mix of celebrities that did it here and there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I saw there was one that died recently. I think he was a Formula One racer. I'm not big into that type of racing or any type of racing. Uh, but it was interesting that apparently he was a Formula One racer of some note, but he also was big into RC airplanes, huh. I think, at a competitive level. He wasn't, wasn't very old either. Fairly seemed to be a fairly young guy. I don't know the passing. story. Yeah, I saw it just in passing maybe a few days ago or something like that. It popped up. Huh. Uh, I don't know if he died recently. I think he died a little while ago, but I thought that was interesting. He we was like prepared. He was South uh, American or, or or European or something. There's a Brazilian guy, a Senna, but he died was, in '94. Well, maybe it was him because the pictures were kind of old of him flying and stuff. So maybe it was so that. Gentleman. That was 26 years ago. But I told okay. you I don't know racing <laughs> or calendars <laughs> or or years. <laughs> Covid's hit him hard. <laughs> I still don't know the difference between Formula One and IndyCar racing. I mean, they look the same to me, so I, I don't know. Uh, Anyways, I digress. But, yeah, um, in fact, in sp speaking of passing, right, we, we were notified that uh, John Brodak had passed away. That's right. Our buddy Keith, um, who was friends with John Brodak, uh, notified us of that. So I have to admit that I did not know much about John Brodak, other than I was yeah. somewhat familiar with his company, yeah, we all know the name. It's, it's pretty. Yeah, we talked about it before. Um, yeah, because Keith had mentioned he and Brodak did uh, work together. Oh, right. He made he made canopies for some of his models. Yeah, and Lee, you sent out the. I guess it's not really an obituary, but a story about him, and he sounds like he was a really interesting guy. I mean, it's no offense, but it sounds like he worked himself to death. I mean, goodness gracious, he was like an overachiever. Yeah, amazing how many businesses man. did he own? He's like, <laughs> he started this business, then it started that business, <laughs> and then started this business. Like, what the what? <laughs> yeah, very entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And not wow. just RC. I think RC was yeah. just, I don't even know if I would call it a sideline, but he did like grocery stores and uh, printing. I, I don't know, just a very wide array of stuff. Yeah, his business sure was he, business. Yeah, I'm sure he was an interesting fellow. And it's funny, yeah. one of the comments in that article was from his wife, who said, I'm sure he's in heaven now doing a new business. 
<laughs> He's like, up the angels, okay, here's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have got it all wrong. <laughs> Let me show you. We need to charge an entrance fee on the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's a, a loss for the RC community, which, yeah. as we all know, is very small and closely knit. So uh, our yeah. condolences to his friends who are out there listening. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what this means for the company, but I haven't heard any information about it shutting down. Yeah, the Brodak. Well, I was under the impression Brodak was really run by somebody else at this point, or oh, I have no or idea. Was he running it? Uh, yeah, I, don't I know. thought somebody else had taken over the the name and business stuff. No, I, I think it was still a family effort. I uh, might be wrong, but uh-huh. you know, just judging by looking at the website, I mean, it's still very active. So I, I don't think it was taken over. Yeah, yeah I know. I know the control line stuff was real big with him. Yeah, maybe even seen a bit of a resurgence. But, oh yeah, for sure. And I believe there's going to be a story about him in the AMA magazine before long. Oh, good. Yeah, I would be surprised. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it seems like we lost. Didn't we lose somebody else earlier? Um, Was he he the jet guy? Who was it? Oh, you're talking Bob Brown? Oh, Bob Brown. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Yes, Bob Brown passed away a month or two ago. I believe so, yeah. Former AMA president, of course. He, he had a big business. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but at least they leave a legacy for us fellow modelers. Now, I, I thought you you were, when you were talking about Jets, you are talking about Bob Violet. Yeah, Violet passed away, didn't he, too? Yeah. Yes, that, I forgot. Yeah, that was a few months ago yeah. or it was recently. So Bob Brown, March. Bob Violet. Wow. Trying to break yeah, it Triple hitter. Hmm. I can't lose you guys. Y'all stay healthy now. <laughs> All right, so as I finish this burger. All right, so what else we have? Um, what's going on? Anything new, you guys, this week? I want to hear about your experiences from last weekend. Because I was expecting a live feed. Never saw the live feed. We were too busy having fun. Well, that's a good excuse. So tell me about it. You want to go leave or you want me to start? No, you, you got there first. Yeah, I got there. Yes, so this was the, uh, the uh, in Houston, the Space City uh, RC Club. I guess it's called Space City. Space and, City RC. Yeah, just Space City RC, right? There's not in another. Katy. Yeah, in yeah, North Katy. Yeah, North Katy. So that's basically West Houston. That's Dallas, South Dallas. South Dallas, yes. <laughs> Way south, Oklahoma. And this is base. This is interesting because this was the first fun fly since the start of the whole uh, uh, shutdown and stay at home kind of stuff. So, as Texas is st- starting to more or less open up back again, uh, the club decided to hold. Keep, I, I don't know if they rescheduled it or not, but hold their Cubs and Cousins fly in. Of course, Cubs and Cousins meaning uh, anything that's high wing or has a high wing, so biplanes classify. Although I did see a, a several low wings there. They didn't fly, but they were sitting on the ground. I was wondering, you do know this is a... But they had, <laughs> uh, but then it, they had open flying after the event, so that's probably why they were sitting there, but that, that was funny. Well, yeah, Anyways, I, it looked yeah. like Friday was open flying as well. Friday was open flying, so a lot of people showed up Friday, although Lee said it was pretty windy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, Saturday okay. was... Pre- it was windy. And a lot of people were flying backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, With P-51s. Saturday, 
Yes. The event was on Saturday, and it was actually pleasantly breezy. It was a little breezy, but it was nice, because otherwise it would have been really hot. So I didn't mind the wind a little bit, and it was more or less right. down the runway. So Except when good. it got really breezy, what, around 4 o'clock? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit. <laughs> Someone had a plane topple over. Yeah, several planes. So anyway, so I... Lee said I got there first. I was actually running, I think, slightly late because I had to do something in the morning. But still, I got there, what was it, 9, 9, 9 30, 10-ish, I believe. And when I turned the corner, got in, I was like, holy moly, look at all the cars in the parking lot. It was really busy. It was, I probably saw more cars in the parking lot I'd ever seen in any of the flying's ever been there. So people are eager to get out. Yes, apparently a lot of people were eager to get out because there were a lot of cars and I think they ultimately had over 60 pilots show up. Oh, my gosh. Was, yeah. For a citywide fun flight? Oh, my. For a yeah, city, that's a lot. Yeah. For a citywide, yeah. That's what yeah, they were saying. Paul, Paul Curry, the coordinator, he was like, I'm pleasantly shocked at how many people decide to come out. And then I'd also talked to Mike Liable, who showed up, and he was like, I, I was having so much cabin fever, I had to get out and fly. <laughs> so, so I think that was the same reaction for a lot of guys who just... I got to get out there, and you know, yeah, and we did. Most of the common story. So before it, people freak out, did they have some ground rules for distancing and things like that? Uh, I, I didn't. I was after the pilots meeting, so I don't know. He didn't mention anything. People more or less. No, they just more or less did what they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they were kind of distanced, but when they had the gaggles, they were all bunched up together. Um, I tried to maintain a, a casual distance. When I could, when I could remember, uh, but for the most part, it was it seemed more or less normal. Um, uh, but uh, I wasn't too worried. Um, I don't know about you, Lee, but I, I think all the stuff I've heard is it's it's pretty difficult to pick it up outside in the sun, that kind of stuff. So and I mean, we Glow weren't looking at people's faces. Good sanitizer. Glow fuel and uh, <laughs> just stay upwind. A little, a little pump of omega, just sitting there on the counter, rubbing all your hands. So yeah, so maybe we violated some of the social distancing guidelines, but people are too, having too much fun to really care. Apparently, one thing they didn't do is they didn't serve food. So oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so I guess they they said they didn't want to risk that part. Yeah, that makes sense. Are the resources close by to make a taco uh, run? Not really. Um, I think we were too busy having fun flying, so nobody was really starving. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was, it was, um, what I wanted to say. Lost my track. Yeah, other than that, though, it was very nice. Uh, it was a good day. Lots of people. We had some good flying. Uh, we can tell about his antics with his son and his new cub. Uh, I brought out a few planes. Oh, I did have a problem. Well, I had a couple of problems. Don't know how if I should get into the more serious one, but no, take it away. You're you're on a ride. Right. So the day wasn't all that great for me. Uh, I brought three planes: uh, the the Beaver, the Lysander, and the Ultimate Bipe. Your mustache Beaver, mustache models Beaver, the one I did a review on, okay. with the twenty cc gas engine, yeah. um, and the Lysander, which I also did a video review on some time ago. It's this British. is not the giant one, though, right? No, no, this is a 70-inch, 70-something-inch. Okay, still a good-sized airplane. Yeah, and the, what is it, Tower Hobbies Ultimate Bipe. Oh, right, which okay. I had, Which I hadn't flown in a while, so let me bring that out and fly it, because it's kind of gathering dust, and it's going be a nice day for it. And grass Wait, how does that, that qualify as a Cub Cousin? Uh, they, biplanes qualify. <laughs> okay. There were several biplanes, 
uh, Lee mentioned Liable. He brought his SPAD World War One biplane, and there are two or three other biplanes out there. Oh, there was the <laughs> some guy had a giant uh, wacko biplane, and this thing was tremendously overpowered. It had a great sound. It had a uh, three-cylinder engine, if I remember correctly. Okay, right. And was it Sato, he, then? yeah, I think it was a Sato three-cylinder, and basically it had two states: full throttle and idle. Yeah, <laughs> and he almost crashed it on one takeoff. He, he takes off, pulls straight up, flies behind the pits over the trees. Oh man! Recovers it, lands it, looks at it for for about a minute, then takes off again and flies around normally. Uh, but I, I started calling it the attack Waco, Waco because uh, Waco, Waco. Sorry, <laughs> the attack Waco because this thing was just screaming. It was growling. And he was like <laughs> zipping. It was <laughs> all you need was some machine guns on the thing, and then uh, <laughs> it's complete. Uh, so, anyways. So I, I go, uh, I had no problems with the Beaver, but I, I go to start up the um, Ultimate Bipe. And I turn it on, and the ailerons are not working. Well, that's odd. And I'm wiggling the sticks. like, did I, something unplugged? And then without me touching anything, the ailerons start working again. But then they start glitching pretty bad. And I looked it over. I couldn't figure out what the heck is going on. So I decided I'm not going to risk it. I'll just set it aside, and I wasn't able to fly it today. I ultimately found a problem, but not today. After I brought it home and put it on the workbench. So what was wrong with it? Uh, so the, apparently there's there's two extensions coming off the aileron channel. There's a regular extension because the receiver is sort of underneath, right. way out of the way, and then there's a Y extender. And apparently the first extension has got a, a intermittent connection. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So, so I didn't realize there was two extensions. I thought it was just one. So I forgot. <clears throat> was this set up with ailerons on top and bottom? So basically four aileron servos? Yes. Okay. So I thought it might have been a BEC, may have been overloaded or something. Yeah. Uh but after poking around and, and but it, uh and I, I, I found ultimately found the issue on the workbench. I was like, ah, I wish I'd known that at the field. So yeah. I'm probably gonna take it out this weekend and try and fly it. I remember when I had that model, it had four, I guess, six total digital servos, four yeah. of those being on the ailerons, and I think these were the tactic digitals, and those six mini digitals were too much for the BEC that was built into the castle controller, and if oh, yeah, you really start moving the sticks around, it would freeze up and pause. So I had to put <laughs> a, yeah. I, fortunately, I figured that out on the ground, mm. and then I upgraded to one of their... Uh, discrete BECs and that fixed it. Yeah, I was surprised that mini servos would want that much juice. Yeah, they could actually sometimes draw more juice than standard size servos. Yeah. I found that out before. It's interesting. Maybe those little motors are being really taxed. Yeah. Okay, so on to the Lysander. Uh, I flew that uh, once. Uh, once or twice, I flew it around, had a good time with it. Once. Twice? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, no, it was the second time that got me. So after the event was over, they were saying, okay, field's open for everybody. They were kind of semi-packing up. And I realized, hey, wait a minute, I got another six-cell battery that I had originally charged for the Ultimate that's still charged. Let me stick that in the Lysander, because I use basically the same pack, and you know, fly to, to fly to charge out of that one. And wait, so you fly I, the Ultimate on six cells? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Wow. Okay. Zoom. More power. Yeah, that's not a huge model. But anyway, go ahead. No, it isn't, but hey, it goes up quick. 
so um, so this is a different battery pack, even though it's a six cell. So I stick it in there, and um, I go out to the flight line, and I I proceed to do a high performance takeoff. I just throw a gun to throttle. It goes. I go straight up with the thing. The thing has a lot of power. With the Lysander. Uh, with the Lysander, yeah. I just, I just okay. eh, let me go up and have some fun with it. I go up, and I kind of uh, do a, a pushover, and I f it feels funny. It's like, wait, something's not quite right here. And it starts going nose down in a tight roll, and I realize I have no control. Nothing's doing anything. I'm like, oh, man. I'm, at this point, it had kind of drifted over the pits, too. Oh, no. So it's, even though I was about 500 feet up, it's coming straight down. You know, I cut the throttle and I'm, I'm trying to wiggle the sticks. I'm screaming, heads up, heads up. I don't got it. And at the last second, I get radio control of it again. And I was already pulling up elevator into it. It comes out of the death spiral, levels out, flies over the nor normal part of the field, goes across the field, but it's screaming at high speed. So I'm trying to see if I can set it down. And there's a fence coming up, rapidly approaching. So I said, well, maybe I can try to hop over this fence or something. And then I lose signal again. And so it goes over and, and it stalls itself in about, uh, I don't know, about 10 feet up, I think, roughly. Uh, and it's on the other side of the fence, so we got to walk over and pick up the pieces. Uh, it got dinged pretty hard. It broke off the nose section, bent the wing spar, which is a metal aluminum spar. Because huh. uh, it's wing tubes, basically. The wings plug in and some other damage the damage actually is not that terrible it's kind of a clean break on the nose even though it's got stringers and things which i thought was interesting um but i'm a, you know like what the heck i've never had a problem with this radio this is really weird and i'm really perplexed since i start really looking it over and so remember that conversation we had about the connect connectors i think last week last time we had the show we were talking about different very versions of connectors we all use sure so You're this uses guy. this is power poles that I'm using. And upon close inspection, I found out that one of the I don't know if you remember how power poles work. It's sort of a, a two part connector when you there's a tongue and there's like a clip that snaps into place when you plug in the connect. Well, how do I describe this? Okay, the easy way to describe it is part of the connector had come apart. And so when I plugged in the two connectors, the battery and the speed controller, it didn't make a full connection. And I didn't really notice it. Um, but upon checking it, I, you can tell the connector wasn't as tight as it should have been. It was a little bit loose. And I didn't catch that. And so the tongue part did, hadn't snapped in inside the connector. It had come up loose. I don't know how. I normally am very good at making sure all these connectors snap into place inside the actual plastic housing to make sure that it doesn't they don't come apart for somehow this did i don't know if it did it naturally or i didn't plug it in fully the first time it's a battery i hadn't used in a while so ultimately when i plugged it in it had made a connection but the vibration of the prop and whatever and g-forces it self-pulled itself out and just was barely hanging on and that's how come it went and came back uh, out of mm -hmm. control and so uh, basically it was bit by an incomplete connection um I could probably call it user error. You can kind of blame the connector the way they're made, but I wouldn't really blame the connector. It's really my fault for not checking it correctly. We'll, we'll help you out, Fitz. We'll call it user error. <laughs> it's user <laughs> error, yes. It was basically <laughs> my fault. 
Uh, so Lysander was pretty banged It was up. user error. <laughs> it was user error. So end of the day, pilot flew into IFR conditions. Uh, yeah, uncontrolled impact into terrain, yeah. whatever. Uh, so it might, I, a good day ended kind of poorly with the, my land center being beat up. It's repairable. I'm not terribly inclined to fix it at the moment. I got some other stuff to work on, but uh, yeah, it happens. Did that battery survive? Yeah, like I said, the crash wasn't that bad. Everything survived pretty much. Um, nothing was seriously damaged other than it's just going to take some woodwork to get it back together. I see. Now, it's it didn't, hit, to didn't say... hit hard. Basically, it just stalled. Yeah, go ahead. Would it be fair to say that you've been using power poles for 25 years? Uh, 20 years. Okay. So a fifth yeah. of a century. Has this ever happened before? Uh, not that I can recall. This is the first time it ever happened. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And that's not a damaged connector. You just didn't push it all the way. Yeah. Somehow I either, when I put it on a battery or maybe I did something and it pulled out. I'm not sure. But yeah, it wasn't snapped in all the way inside the housing where the connector, because right. um, it's a crimped connection, but you got a, you got a crimped piece and you slide it in to housing and it snaps into place in that, huh. in that one part. So I'm perplexed at that because normally I'm really good at checking that kind of stuff. And this one somehow had pulled out, so I don't know if it bent or what. Um, I bet you'll be really good at it again next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll double check them because they are good connectors, but, yeah. But like anything, you know, if it can go wrong, it, it will, you know. Yep. Checklists are written in blood. Even other connectors can have problems. You can have cold solder joints and they pull apart. I've seen it happen with other brand connectors. So, yep. you know, all connectors have their failure modes. And it's usually people. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> so I digress. But hey, at least I wasn't the only crash that happened. And Lee can fill you in on the other antics that went on. <laughs> well, sorry for your loss. Oh, uh, well, thanks. And the beaver came away unscathed? Beaver, it came unscathed. Flew that a right. couple times, too. That was... Beaver's nice. Ready to go again. Cool. All right, Lee, what's your story? Long ago, as a little child, I got into model airplanes. Uh, we went Friday, and it was windy. It was fifteen twenty steady. <laughs> it was it was really windy. But Austin and I went out. Didn't I don't even think we brought a cub out with us. I think Friday was just to go hang out for a while. We didn't get there till maybe two o'clock, so we kind of got there late. We just wanted to go check it out. So he brought just his flight test planes. I brought my Timber X, and much fun was had. You know, we registered, I think we were pilot 32 and 33, so on Friday. So we got, you know, 30 more people on Saturday. And had fun. And it was really nice. A lot of cool planes that were out there. I mean, being it was a freeform Friday, it was anything goes. So a lot of the Corsairs were up, and that was always fun. Kind of wish I had brought mine, but I still need to work on my fuel tank. But my mistake was, <laughs> I say mistake, it turned into a, a happy ending, I guess. What was the Bob Ross, you know? <laughs> happy little happy, mistakes. Happy happy little mistakes, happy yeah. Piper Cub. Yeah. So I knew I was going to bring my CZ Cub on Saturday, and Austin was going to bring his Park Zone Super Cub. Okay. <clears throat> or Sport Cub, excuse me. And I thought about bringing the big yellow cub that I have, but I was like, let's just keep it simple. Let's just go out and have fun. So we were flying Friday, and near the end of the day, we were about to head home. I said, I have an idea. I said, if we leave sooner than later, what if we go home and dig out that cub that you have in the attic that that friend gave you 
And what if we just try to put it together? Let's just, you know, let's give us our uh, three-hour window. We'll go home. We'll pull it out. We'll see if we can quickly, you know, pull a Terry done, get this thing built and, and ready to fly. And Austin's eyes just bulged wide open. He was like, I'm all in, Dad. So we we did one or two more flights, packed up, went home. And, you know, we called Mom on the way home. And she's like, you're going to do what? I said, well, we're going to come home and get your car out of the garage. We're going to bring the plane in the garage. We're going to start working on it. And it was it was an all out adventure, I bet. <clears throat> so so this was an a- an attic plane that you've had for how long? I was going to get into details there. Okay, okay, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. We we acquired this from one of Austin's friends. His friend's uncle, I guess, passed away and had this in an attic for at least ten, fifteen years. It's it was beat up, and the family gave it to the the nephew. He didn't want it, but he knew Austin was in the airplane. So he actually gave it to Austin as a birthday present. Oh, and it, nice. was, it was a great present because Austin yeah. was like, oh, my God, yeah. So it, it was a, it's a Carl Goldberg anniversary Piper Cub kit. Okay. It's not a wasn't a bad job. It looked pretty good, put it together. But it, it had seen its time in the attic. Uh, you know, Houston attics are a harsh environment. Well, and I, I think this guy was in California, so it also had some travel damage, I guess. Okay. But uh, it came with two wings, uh, a standard length wing and the one that was clipped. So I guess he bought a second wing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, they're one piece wings, though, not like a standard length right and a clipped left. One piece wings. One piece yeah, okay. wings. <laughs> Ooh, fly like that. Mix, max. <laughs> I'm sorry. It rolls great. Right. <laughs> I, I knew one, what I was talking one. about. <laughs> And uh, to wrap things up, it, it needed some work. So we quickly got to just taking things off and parts that it didn't, you know, it obviously need replacing. The engine was already removed and the engine mount. So the firewall was just empty. It didn't have a cowl. But I happened to pick up a new cowl when we were doing our, excuse me, our little uh, Piper Cub 3-view. All right. On our electric cubs. That I went ahead and. Years ago. Yeah, but I when I was ordering an extra cowl for me because I wasn't sure what, how I was going to do my setup, I just happened to just while I was online, I picked up an extra cowl. I happened to see that they had cowls for this anniversary cub. I was like, oh. well, I know his needs one, so I'll go ahead and grab it. And these are so plastic. Yeah, this ABS okay. plastic. So I happened to have the cowl, so I was like, okay, we're we're good. We got a cover on this thing, and uh, I gave him the job of working on the fuselage. Um, to get the servo racks out, and then I, after he did that, I, I was working on the engine mount. My my job was the engine mount, so we'll we'll cover that pretty quick. And then he decided to work on the wing. So the good news is the Futaba S148 that was in there. It's a single servo with torque rods was working. He got his little servo tester, and he was all happy. But <laughs> for for <laughs> Expedia build purposes, he went with packing tape for the fabric covered wing. <laughs> <laughs> so the so the holes in the fabric were covered with packing tape, and the wingtips both had uh, packing tape because the wingtip edges came off. Uh, and as one friend at the field said, "Well, that this makes it easier for, to skid on the wingtip." <laughs> so, it's just which, what I was thinking. Yeah, but we didn't have to do that. So, uh, try to wrap this up. So, we were working till about. 9.30 and I was just beat. I mean we had been to the field, we were flying we get home, we started working on this thing and I know he has the energy you know, but daddy does not so at 9.30 I was like, I'm done I, I can't, 
I can't put any more time to this. We're still way behind. The engine mount hadn't been done. And the comment was, if we can't get it done by 10, forget about it. We'll just go early Saturday morning, you know, try to get up around 6 and get to the, the field. But Austin just gave me those little puppy dog eyes and said, Dad, I really, really want to bring this. And part of me is like, you know, that's cool. You know, he wanted to participate. He wanted to have a cub for the cub event, you know, like a real looking cub. So I went inside, talked to the, the, the wife, and she, you know, basically said, you know, it might be raining in the morning. Perhaps y'all could just do some stuff in the morning before you go out. And I was like, that's probably the right thing to do. So I went back to him. I said, all right, we're putting up tonight. We're going to bed now. Okay. Right now. Because <laughs> I'm tired. We'll get up in the morning. If we can get this done by 10, we'll take it. And the good part was the, the alarm went off at six. I woke him up. He was out of bed. We worked in that garage for four hours. And to, to sum up a really fun part of this whole process, I remember sitting with him while we're working on this plane and he was really excited. He was into it. He wanted this thing to fly, you know, and I'm glad we took the extra time to, to break it down. I told when I texted Fitz that we were going to be late, he gave me a hard time. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, great. Yeah. But I turned to Austin. I said, you know what? This is fun. Working with you to get this plane built is a lot of fun. And, you know, not to get you all fuzzy, Terry, but working with you to, or watching you rather work on that uh, little spacewalker in my garage. Supervising. We were getting, well, <laughs> no, I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> no, but it was it's fun to work with people. And, uh, you know, I think that's just kind of the, the moral of the story here is like sometimes it's not just the flying. But uh, the sitting down and chatting with them and working on it and, you know, getting it done together, um, it was fun. And I told them, I said, you know, I think I'm having more fun doing this in the garage, getting this plane built than, you know, just going out to fly or, you know, just turning it to the field. And we did it. You know, we got everything done. I'm got to pat myself on the back. I made a pretty interesting motor mount out of ply and, you know, custom made it and got a, a spare motor that I had without a radial mount. I had to, you know, fix a, a plywood base for the back of a outrunner. And wow. we got it there. And, you know, first we get out of the car. And he was already hauling that thing's <laughs> frame out to the flight line. You know, and, uh, you know, of course, the, the funny thing was, and Fitz, I'm sorry I haven't shown this to you yet. But Austin was saying, I can't wait to put the GoPro in this thing because we didn't have a, wi a windshield. Oh, and I'm not kidding you. The, the fact that there was no windshield on the cover of this thing and he got his GoPro mounted in the fuselage. We have some really cool <laughs> flight video because it captures the cockpit. Mm. There's actually a little cockpit panel in there. So I've seen some of the footage from his GoPro. It is cool. Fitz, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah, I saw it on his phone, yeah. <laughs> that was really neat, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked really good. It did. So I think, we, you know, successful mission. So uh, if you have an old cub in the attic, <laughs> you can do it. You can build that sucker in less than eight hours and have it up in the air. Uh I flew well, you left first. out the best part, or the most interesting part. Did it fly all right? Well, that's, that's, I'm getting to that now, Terry. Dadgummit! So I took, the, I took this, the first maiden flight, and this, Fitz is going to be involved in this one. So I took the first maiden flight, didn't need any, hardly, hardly any trim at all. But I was having to give a lot of up to it. And I was like, okay, well, that's probably, we just didn't know the CG was right or whatever. But I noticed it was being very pitchy. Well, we got it down, landed it fine, and... Uh, Austin was like, I think the elevator's moving too much. And Fitz came over and we did notice, and this is the, <laughs> this is great. We noticed it even more so because there's no windscreen. We cut a hole in the back of, on the bottom of the fuselage to let air go through. 
And you can see the push rods, the vintage push rods, where you have these balsa sticks with you know, wires on each end. Yeah. And there was a lot of slop in the elevator. And then Fitz goes, well, if you put a piece of wood right there, that should stop the slop. <laughs> I went into my toolkit, found some spare balsa, C8, some you know, reinforcements together, plopped it in there, and gone. No more slop. He had had a second flight. It was great. I, In fact, I just took it off. I handed the controls to Austin. He was like, oh, my God, this thing flies great. And then I have a video. I'm not sure if I put it on Facebook, but I have a video of his complete, you know, solo flight on the cab by himself. And he buttered that landing. Yeah, that looked good. I mean, it feels like it's just perfect. I mean, there was just no weird habits from this aircraft. And he was like, don't touch it, Dad. It's fine the way it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't even think we're going to do any more changes. We're not going to change the tape on it. We're not going to put a windscreen on it. We're just going to leave it as it is, you know. I want to call and it the Calico Cub because all the different colors on it. <laughs> well, okay, all the different colors, white and yellow. <laughs> and wow, clear tips. And, well, <laughs> there's no color there. <laughs> but it did. It flew, it flew really loud. The one thing that it doesn't have, and in fact, the original builder obviously didn't install, were struts. There's no placement for struts anywhere. Hmm. So it seemed to do okay. It's held on by two. Well, it's got a notch for the leading edge and then two huge nylon bolts in the back. But we powered it just for scale-like flight. It's not like that Waco. (laughs) (laughs) And it flew just a little over half throttle at uh, power. Great. And there you go. We went to Cubs and Cousins event. We got a Cub there and um, had a good time. I don't know if I made it. I don't think we got to fly that in one of the gaggles, but we hadn't even mentioned the gaggle yet. No, your son did. I flew I flew in one, and your son did, I think, both of them? I don't... Yeah, we didn't fly this... This is odd, though. We didn't fly this Cub in the event. I flew my CZ Cub in the, the last one. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, when we got there, at, Austin was working on this Cub, and they had an all-up Piper Cub, just anybody with a Cub fly. And Austin just stopped what he was doing, grabbed his little sport cub, the smallest cub in the event. <laughs> yeah. And I think we had, what, do you think 15, 16 cubs in the air at the same time? I posted wow. the video on Something our Facebook like page. It was a lot, yeah. And I think Mike Leibel's comment to me was hilarious. Did y'all catch that in the video? No. I don't think so. What do you say? He goes, Lee, you're in trouble. He's like, you're, you're going to be out of money now because your son's all in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did remember him saying that, yes. Yeah, because Austin was hanging right there with the other guys, just flying in that huge gaggle, and you know it was fun. And and I was impressed. He didn't ask me if he wanted, you know, to go into it. I just I trusted him, and everybody welcomed him, and it yeah, was a, it was amazing. That was his first time in a gaggle, if I remember correctly. Right? It was his first time in a gaggle. Yeah. Yeah. So he did fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really wanted to focus on the Cub because that was the best story. But we, uh, you know, he flew his guinea again. There was the contest on. Uh, Racing? Did you happen to see that, Fitz? Uh, yeah, the ground. Event? Yeah, drag racing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Drag racing. Drag so, racing, yes. have you been to a drag racing event, Fitz? Uh, Terry? Airplane drag race? Yeah. I've seen helicopter drag races, but I don't think I've ever seen an airplane drag race. It's real simple. Two cones. What? Fifty yards? You think, Fitz? Uh, no, maybe not that far. Maybe more like fifty feet. No, it was more than that. But anyway, it wasn't, so it wasn't you, 50 yards, though. It was you know, maybe 20 yards, maybe, or something so, like that. So some two planes, Yeah. Some, two planes on the ground. First one to the end, first one to the cone wins. You can't come off the ground. Oh, interesting. Okay. And Austin was, <laughs> he had the upper hand because he brought his flight test guinea 
which doesn't have wheels and has skids and is a twin. Right. <laughs> so everybody else was bringing these little gasser planes and some cubs. And obviously the cubs had the worst because they were, they already pitch high. Right. And they want to the fly. Thing, right. They want to fly. So the, the rule was if you came off the ground, you're disqualified. Well, Austin was in the first heat with this other Piper cub and it was windy. So Austin took off maybe about 10 feet. He, it, the wing just, picked him up and rolled him over he, he, he went <laughs> wing high he didn't crash but he, he came off the ground really quick and then the cub next to him came off the ground mm-hmm. so those two were disqualified the next heat disqualified you know one guy came up actually both came up and in the third heat one guy made it on his cub and the other guy disqualified i think and then the the winner eventually was our friend uh, greg yancey who had a tricycle gear like twin star not a twin star i mean uh, what's that uh Avastar, maybe? Avastar, thank you. The Avastar. And, I mean, that thing just hugged the ground. It was fast, <laughs> yeah. so there was there was no way anybody could have beat him. Uh, he had a cinder block in the fuselage. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> the, but to, to, you know, give kudos to my son, he, did, he didn't shy away. He was all excited. And, you know, uh, Randy Larson was on the microphone doing his little, you know, MC gig and... You know, it was fun. We had a good time doing that. And uh, I, again, my, my CZ Cub flew great, except for near the end of the day when we had a thermal come through the pits. Holy smokes. There were two guys flying Cubs, and we we were watching them, and one guy whose plane was just flying terribly erratic, and it was coming towards the pits. And what we realized is he was getting hit by the thermal first because then it hit the pits, and my Cub went flying. You know, my big CZ Cub toppled over. A lot of planes were shucking and jiving. Um, but I don't think much damage was that. Oh, but we didn't talk about the three crashes. Well, hold on. Finish your Cub story. Oh, it, well, my Cub, my CZ Cub flew great. It's a, it's a fun little plane. Well, That'll, but did the rogue tornado kill it? No, no, no. It just toppled it over. I was, thankfully, okay. it, it didn't damage it. So Just soiled your pants. All right. Yeah. Just, you know, you're sitting down watching your plane take off, and you yeah. don't have the transmitter in your hand. Right. <laughs> Not supposed to do that. <laughs> Okay, oh, now tell I, me about crashes. I want to hear about carnage. Uh, my friend Joshua has this beautiful top flight P-51. He, he runs it like that walk of full power, and that thing's a screamer, and he flies it very well. And I thought, I, someone said it was a midair. I don't think it was a midair, but they were doing the little warbird gaggle after the end of the event, and this P-51 took a turn. I'm under the pits, and I hear a whack, a loud whack sound, and it... It took me time to walk out from the pits and look at the wing coming down to the ground, but still seeing his P-51 going downwind <laughs> into the trees. I mean, it, that thing was just catapulted way about, what do you think, 100 yards, 200 yards out there? Yeah, it's, yeah, it got slingshotted. <laughs> oh, my God. Austin got excited. He goes, oh, yeah, I got to go get this. So he grabbed his camera. They all hiked out there. They found it. it was, it's in pieces. Uh, so that happened. And then on the other end of the field, a guy, lo- I didn't see what happened, but he lost his plane. He was out in the field. But in the end of that gaggle, I think three planes went down. I think what happened was one kept apart in the air, and the other two had a midair. Oh, the other two had a midair. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So I no cases it. of mistaken identity in the cub gaggle? Oh, no. Oh, that was great. Okay. They're, they're flying so slow. <laughs> I know, but still, you got 15 yellow cubs. In the same piece of sky, somebody's going to pick out the wrong one. Oh, then you had that. Then, but then you had that one uh, Pilatus Porter. Yeah, <laughs> the, well, the camo Porter to ruin yeah. it all. <laughs> <laughs> you had to, had to have the ugly duckling. All right. So it sounds like you guys had an okay time. 
Yeah. We did. All right. It was that's fun. good. What did um, Mike fly? He flew the Spad. Did, did he fly anything else? No, that's... he only brought his Spad. That's okay. it. I was I was ribbing him for not not being failure tolerant in case something happened to the spad he's out. <laughs> fits 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 fits. We can't we can't end this yet. You forgot one of the fun parts for you. Hmm? Let's talk let's talk about that uh, Dollar Tree plane. Oh yes yes. So early on in the day I, I walked a flight line and at the end I see this. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, ultimately I found out later that it's a um, one of the flight test planes. You know the name Lee? I don't remember. I, don't I think know it's other. Bushwhacker. It might have been a bushwhacker, but it's scaled up 200%. Okay. And, I mean, this, the thing is not pretty. It, it literally <laughs> looks... <laughs> it is bubble not, gum and duct tape. Yes. It literally looks like you put together bubble gum and duct tape, and that's really not far from the truth. Uh, so I, I kind of... I took some pictures of it. I thought it was kind of funny, and I, and I kept walking. I didn't really talk to the guy. Um, it, but he didn't fly it during the event until at the very end. He pulls it out and flies it. And it looks really good. It looks it was doing all kinds of neat stuff. Twelve S fifty CC motor. Uh, fifty CC size electric motor running on twelve cells, two oh six gosh. cell battery packs. Yeah, I think it was huge. Um, and it's made out of uh, uh, that foam board. I yeah. took a picture of it. Like really, just a whole bunch of foam board. Uh, and it it's um, he had to fill the wings with expanding foam. To get it some derp, some uh, to take the flex flex uh, flexing out of the wing along with a spar, and there's literally tape on it. And it's and it's not painted; it's just black and white or just whatever the foam board color was. Yeah, uh, it's got these neat little sub fins, sub rudders on the tail, which is kind of neat. I guess maybe that's part of the kit. I think so. Uh, so it's big and it flies. The flex can fly really slow, but it was actually really maneuverable. And I had struck up a conversation with another gentleman. Um, we were just talking about different things, and he says, "Oh yeah, I, I know that guy who's flying that. Um, if you want to fly it, just let him know. He'll let you fly it." And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> "So, so we walk over, and he introduces me, and, and says, hey, this guy wants to fly it.'" And he's like, "The other guy that's flying, he says, yeah, sure, here, take it.'" <laughs> and I, I, if you I crash swear, it, you owe me three dollars. Yeah, really. <laughs> that was another thing he said. I think he said he spent twenty bucks on the plane. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and power the system me, not included. Power system not included, but the power system itself is actually really cheap. He was telling me I had to look it up. The, the company that sells the motor for like sixty bucks or something like that. So mm-hmm. even the power system was was really really cheap. And this thing flew m- so much better than you would have ever thought. It was an extremely fun plane to fly. Uh, very maneuverable. It could fly very slow. Very predictable. Uh, it, it's this big, just big goofy plane that you can just throw the sticks in the corners and they would do all kinds of neat stuff. So I flew it around. I did a little bit of inverted, some knife edge, some really slow flying rolls. There's all kinds of neat stuff with it. And he, he seemed to get a kick out of the stuff I was doing with it as well. <laughs> uh, so this this big giant foam board plane that was really, really fun to fly. Uh, I wish I could remember his name, but uh, I really appreciate him letting me fly it. You know, some unknown guy walk up, uh, and flying his plane that he'd never met. I think he was from out of town. He might have been from Oklahoma or Austin or something. He was not well, a local guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher their last name, but it's uh, the uh, Mathern Mathern family. So Maybe. it was Thomas and Michael, and I think Corey was the gentleman. I think that was his brother. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm terrible so, at names, so yeah. M a t h e r n e. How would you pronounce so, that? Mathern. 
Matherne? So to the Matherne There's family? no accent on the E, so it's not Matherne. <laughs> <laughs> it's not French. <laughs> well, but no, they're good, they're good guys. They're, they're yeah. RC fellows, and uh, yeah, I, I talk with them all the time. Oh, okay, so you know them. Yeah, but yeah. Cor- I had not met Corey. I think that was who, who owned that plane. Okay. Well, I'm always uh, forever gra- my gratitude to Corey for letting me take the sticks for a few moments on it. It was a lot of fun and uh, good job on building the thing. <laughs> so while you were talking, I looked up the Bushwhacker uh, page on flight test. The yeah. original plans have a wingspan of 45 inches. So this would have been a 90-inch span model. Yeah, so, at least that. Yeah. Yeah, big airplane. It was, it, it was big, really, really big. Uh, so, which is why uh, he had, had some engineering challenges to make sure that it stayed in one piece yeah i'm sure uh, but it did and when i saw him flying i said wow that thing looks like it flies really good and indeed it did huh. so and i didn't crash it yay <laughs> so you have a flight test plane though right this is not totally new to you well little ones okay well yeah there's definitely a difference in scale yeah this one flew a lot different than the little ones so Okay. Just, I think he said he just wanted to scale a bigger one, and so he scaled it up himself, and, and the rest is history. All right, cool. Yeah, you know what? I I have to say I'm I'm a bad friend, and I apologize, <laughs> Fitz. <laughs> uh. But I just remembered Thomas, who uh, who's the one I know, who was the one who talked about that. Uh, th- I got this email. In. <laughs> you ready? It says, little bro asked if you and your boy would be interested in his Monster 12S Bushwhacker, free to a good home. What? <laughs> he was, he was going to leave it. <laughs> I, I remember responding, he's like, it's too big for us, but I, I forgot to tell Fitz that it was available. So do you want, oh, do you want, no. Do you, do you want a bush? You want the big bushwhacker plane fits? Do you want to put it in your hangar? I don't know where you're going to put it in your hangar. Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't have any room. Uh, part of me would love forgot. to have it, but uh, I, I'm already stressed for room, and that thing is big and bulky. it is big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could man. probably build one in 15 minutes. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's tempting, but man, uh, uh, <laughs> they have to find well, a way to disassemble it five different ways. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Mm. We we had talked about this event a long time, and I feel bad because oh, yeah. I want to hear some stuff from Terry. So Terry, we gonna take a little break and then come back to you, and then you can talk for a while. Wait, come to me? I don't have yeah. anything to talk about. This is my nothing. turn to listen. Nothing. I can make some stuff up, I guess. Okay, we'll make something up. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go give Terry a minute, and we'll be right back. Okay. Clear the silo. And when we had our live show last week, I think it was, we played a game of 20 questions to try to figure out Fitz's newest review model. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and while we never nailed it down exactly because he's very secretive, we did get pretty close, I think. So if you guys want, between the two of you, maybe you can guess my newest review model. 
And I tried to get you guys to start this the other day because I sent you a picture of the battery and I thought that would be a dead giveaway, but nobody took the bait. So here we go. I have a new review model. Ask me questions and see if you can figure out what it is. Does it fly? Not yet. Does it look like a plane? Yes. Let's do it. I give up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 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 it is the uh, UMX, right? Yes. And is it civilian? Yes. That Does should be have, all you need right there. Uh, it has two motors? It does. Uh, does it have landing well, gear? I don't know. Are we counting servos as motors, too? Two motors used for propulsion. Yes. Uh, I know exactly what it is. When is I looked at the blue battery, and, it, is, it reminds me. Is it blue me. and white? It is. Ah, oh, you lucky... <laughs> Friend? You lucky pal. bastard. Wow. You guys are rough. All right, so somebody <laughs> say it. it does is, it start with a C? Yes. It is uh, the UMX Citation Longitude. Yep. Yep. And I think at this point, you have to put UMX in quotations. This is a pretty big model, and it's substantial. Really? And yeah. the we already talked about the battery, but um, when we originally talked about this airplane when it was released, but nobody had one in their hands, we're saying, wow, a 3S800 is a pretty big battery for a UMX. And we were right. A 3S800 is a pretty big battery for a UMX. But, but then again, this is a pretty big UMX model. Mm. So uh, my first impressions, I have not flown it yet, but I, I've got it set up and it's ready to go. It's, other than the size, they've done a good job with the finish on it. I don't know what your feelings are, but I think with a lot of UMX planes, the the decals and the stickers are kind of an afterthought and they're not too concerned about putting stickers over compound curves and getting the the resulting wrinkles on this model they've done a much better job there's almost no wrinkles in the whole thing and the between the paint and the decals it all blends together pretty well and one nice feature is that the inlet rings on the front of the nacelles they're chromed so wow. it just, yeah it just kind of stands out hmm. but anyway it's a, a neat airplane um, well, are you uh, saying painted chrome or no, like no, plastic? No, like, uh, like chrome plastic. dipped. Yeah, plastic. Like hmm. when you build plastic Less. model cars, this looks like the wheels. Yeah, like so the, it's it's an ad, it's not painted of the foam. It's just an, it's an added piece that goes in front of them. To, it's like, a plastic it piece too. on the front. A chrome oh. plastic piece. It's almost like electroplated or something. Or they, I think you can actually dip plastic in chrome, right? Oh, anyway. And speaking of plastic, the winglets are plastic too. Now, if they had made these out of foam, they'd probably be pretty weak, but they're a, a nice, sturdy plastic hmm. piece. They and should have been chrome too. Yeah. Uh, Let's just, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's do this. Let's just gold plate this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> have you flown it yet? No, I have not. But uh, it's ready to go. Have you run it up at least? Um, have I? No, I don't even think I've done that. So it's three. Is S. the battery charged? Yeah, the battery's charged. It's ready okay. to go. It's just waiting on good weather. To, yesterday and today are kind of crummy weather up here. So maybe this weekend, but uh, we'll see. Um, some interesting things about it. Again, I know we've talked about it before, just based on information from the website. But uh, did we realize that it's a full flying tail? 
No, I didn't notice it's that. It's a full flying tail. Yeah. Oh, very the, nice. The elevator's hinged and it's got a neat little push ride set up there. Yeah, I was going to ask, how does it activate it? Is servos in the fuselage somewhere and it that's what it ride? looks like yeah it looks like a flex ride that goes up through the vertical stabilizer and then mm. yeah just to a, a normal servo horn or excuse me a control horn so uh, yeah it's got a ailerons elevator and rudder and then throttle and mm. the rudder is also linked to noseable steering but the landing gear pops out so you have that option of hand launch or ROG Hmm. Can you ROG and pop it out in flight? Uh, no. No. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm excited about it. The fit and finish on it is really good. There's pretty much nothing to do with it uh, to get it ready other than binding the transmitter. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun little airplane. And just from the videos I've seen of it, the performance looks really good. Yeah. So, it's um, nice looking, nice performing. Really, when I, when I uh, revealed it, I was really impressed and excited about it yeah so, uh is there like a hatch in the front for the battery yeah from well not the front but the top of the fuselage oh, it's to oh okay so from about the mid cord of the wing to just behind the uh the windshield so it's pretty sizable mm, neat yeah so yeah this ought to be a fun little airplane i'll let you know as i get it in the air yeah. This has lights too, doesn't it? Lice? Lights. Yeah. Illumination. Yes. It's got <laughs> uh, navigation lights on the wing and then some pretty bright landing lights on mm. the bottom. That's interesting. And we had commented before on the uh, the landing gear being just a little bit wonky. And yeah, the landing gear is a little bit wonky. It's It's not to the same... I guess, level of detail that the rest of the model is. So mm. it's okay, but it it's an outlier, I should say. So we'll see. Um, I think you'll definitely need a paved runway to ROG with it. So if I make it out to the field that has a runway, I'll try that. But otherwise, I'll be hand-launching it anyway. Mm. So, yeah, good times to come. I'll keep you guys updated on it. Yeah, cool beans. Yeah. Looks like it'd be easy to hand launch. I guess right behind the wing should be a good grip. Oh, yeah. Plenty of uh, gripping area right there to do a little underhand launch. And watching some of Horizon's videos, um, it looks like they recommend uh, launching it a little bit nose up because yeah. the thrust line is a little bit high. It's going to pitch over until you know, it gets on plane and has some elevator authority. Hmm. So, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, but it seems easy enough. And you know, as I hold it here telling you about that your hand is kind of right in front of the the jet intakes but i don't think that'll be an issue i'm not going to take off a finger or anything yeah <laughs> the 30 I'm millimeter sorry. fans i was just i'm trying to picture that yeah it was a little umx plane ah get sucked in <laughs> some guy's hand completely in the nacelle yeah <laughs> <laughs> Shooting bits and pieces of my finger out the back. <laughs> uh, there's a comedy act there somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> did I mention has razor sharp stainless steel rotors? <laughs> <laughs> the Cuisinart of the skies. Do, do the do the wheels have little spikes coming out the sides? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we expect uh, a flight report next uh, show. Okay. Or this abbreviated one. Yeah. Yeah. 
You'll get something out of me. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I'm expect. I'm expecting an update in an hour from now. And once he hangs up, I want him to go fly that thing. Yeah. I told you it's raining today. What do you want well, from me? Yeah. So. But uh, put what's that uh, Scotch something on it? <laughs> Scotch guard. <laughs> I'll, Scotch guard. I'll keep an umbrella to it. Hit <laughs> Rainex. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all on the citation. Lee, how is your Cessna coming? And now, now Lee's Lee tales, tales of the three D printer. printer. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be okay, buddy. That good, huh? All right. Uh, oh, I'm just uh... all right. Enough, enough of the overacting. I'm done. Uh, I've, I've officially thrown in my towel. Officially, right here on the show. You're hearing it live, guys. I'm done. I'm done. My Ender 3 Pro is done. I'm not going to work on it anymore. I'm returning it. I'm done. I spent uh, how many hours? Let me pull up my notes here. From 3 o'clock yesterday to 10, almost 11 o'clock last night, I did everything the supplier told me to do. I read all these tests. And if you've ever worked on a 3d printer and you have to sit there and watch paint dry you know how long it takes between you know because i only have one printer it's the only test i can do so i have to sit here and watch it and i did eight tests yesterday and i just sent pictures to terry and fitz did y'all see the email i sent you i did uh, see it see. i did i'm done you know, uh, you know that, that looks mechanical it looks like you I'm hit done. a certain point and it just it's there's some slop or it skips a, te- a tooth or something. I'm not sure. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, did you, one last thing. Did you try change, flashing a new firmware or change the firmware I, revision? I can't. I'm not going to go that far because I have to get a new board. I'm tired of putting money into this thing. I'm officially calling it. This is a lemon. I've got a lemon printer. It so can't. It can't be anything else I'm doing. And we could sit here and have this little fun argument. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm angry. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm tired. I've been working. I've been doing all these test prints. I've been playing with slicers. I've got all my notes here. But I just sent a photo to Terry and Fitz, and I'll post this on our Facebook page, of an aileron for the Cessna 337. I got test number seven to look good, which is a wingtip for this 337. It's under 100 millimeter, but it actually printed really well. Even Austin came in and said, wow, that turned out pretty good. And the infill looked way better than the previous test. So, okay, I changed some E-steps. I retightened some screws. I cleaned up the rails again one more time. And I changed from Cura to Prusa. I was like, okay, I've got a better print. Let me go ahead and try to print the aileron. But damn it, it does the same thing. After 100 millimeters, I get these. It's it's on X-axis, by the way, fits. That's definitely the x-axis, okay? But there's nothing I can do to stop this. The belt is tightened as far as it can do. I've loosened the belt in the past. It doesn't make a difference. Anytime it gets over 100 millimeter, the the top of the print shifts. I can't fly a plane with, if you saw that. I can't fly that. So, all right, now you can ask me questions. I'm just getting, I'm venting first, and then you guys can talk. But I I do think it's mechanical. One person had mentioned that they had a problem with their x-axis motor getting overheated, so they had to put a fan on it. But my point is this. I shouldn't have to put any more money into this printer for it to just print basic stuff. No, you shouldn't need a fan on it. That's, I'm, I mean, that's I really the, am done. That's band-aiding well, another problem. But your plan is to return this one and get another one that you hope yeah. is not a lemon. I hope that's exactly. So, so you're not I, giving just, up on this brand and model of printer, just the specific serial number. 
Right. And and you know what? I'd be happy to take this somewhere. If they have someone here in Houston, they want me to send it to you and tweak, tink, uh, tinker with it. But I can't sit here for two hours and wait for this thing to get to you know 120 millimeter to determine if it's working or not. And then stop and do make one change and then wait another hour and a half to do it again. But I, I've, as all the PLA that's sitting behind me for test prints, you know, I, there's clearly something wrong that I can't fix. And I just can't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, could it be user error? Sure. But I've done everything they've told me to do. And honestly, for looking at all these cool prints that people are posting online, look, I just got my printer and I printed this huge skull, <laughs> you know, and it looks like a masterpiece. I was like, this can't be right. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good troubleshooter. I, I will pat myself on the back for that. And I'll admit if I've done something wrong. But after taking this thing apart, buying new parts and putting it back together and following the instructions... Have I vented enough? I'm sorry. You got me on a roll there. Yeah. You got to be deflated. But yeah. yeah. Lee, yeah. how do you really feel? Is what we want to know. <laughs> it's, uh, but this is a great, this, this is, could be a great uh, segue into people building. You know, I, I have worked with people who get frustrated and I have to calm them down. And especially when I used to do computer troubleshooting, but I even, I know that when there's a time that I've done my troubleshooting to this best, like I have to step back and say, this can't. I can't do anything else. You know, this has got to be it. And I know people out there who buy 3D printers, it's not that you just plug it in and it prints and you're, you're done. You do have to do some tweaking. But, I mean, how many weeks of tweaking can you do until you just have to step back and go, this can't be right. This is well, not possible. Right. And for you, you're ending the window where you can return it. So you got, yeah, you're got at a decision point. Yeah. And look, do I want to return it? No. I'd love to have the answer. I told the guy. I mean, I've been emailing this guy back and forth, and of course, it takes every you know two days for this guy to get back to me. But I mean, if he says, "Oh, this little wire needs to be fixed," or "Yeah, you've got this problem," if he could just tell me what it is, I'd keep it. I'd print this three three seven. But as as long as it takes to print one thing to find out it's wrong, it's it's completely useless. I could work on another plane. Yeah, I'm not really in my right mind either right now. I am kind of frustrated with it, so I'm I'm a bit angry. Lee's a little yeah. bit angry right now. Angry. Well, mine is still in the box, so I'm hoping that mine doesn't have <laughs> you know, that citrusy lemon smell. I I think the <laughs> I think the fun part that the audience will enjoy because they know Lee's the angry one is Terry's going to open up that box. He's going to have it put together in an hour, and he's going to show me this tall 200 millimeter print that's it's like perfect. I'm going to send him my STL file of the tube. I'm going to have <laughs> him print it first. It's the first thing you have to print, Terry, is the tube, the test tube, and it's going to come out perfectly round. You're going to roll it on the table. It's not going to wobble. It's going to say, "I don't know what your problem is, Lee." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna I, laugh, and everybody else is gonna right. laugh, and they're gonna say, "Oh, poor Lee," but uh, there's definitely something wrong here. And I, yeah. I do think, and if it's not mechanical, it's it's could be in the board. It's just something weird that happens after that height. I mean, you guys look at the picture. I mean, Fitz, what do you think? I mean, it's not weird. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's it's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. The, the guy was mentioning he thought it was vibration. You know, at that super height, the, the, the piece gets heavier. And it, I was like, you know what? No, it was detached no. to the bed. That thing, did, it had to pry it off the bed. This was not the piece loose in midair. And there was no fan on it. There's, I mean, it's, it was... Yeah. And and I, I, it would be more random. But this, it's almost like yeah. corrugations, the way it's coming up. Yeah. And, but I don't know if you look real close, and I'm sorry the listeners can't see this, but if you look at the bottom, like right in the middle, you can see that the spacing is pretty tight, but you see how it gets wider as it grows taller. So it's not like a loop. Uh, let me try this again. It's not as if it's a position or a place on a wheel that comes back around the same measure. 
and you know it's it's going straight up so i feel like it's it's the gaps get wider and wider as it gets taller so it does i mean it does seem mechanical something like that but you know it shifts one way it stays there for a while goes back another way but the gaps between each is getting higher and huh. i don't know if it's it, i mean could it be heat is it time you know i don't know, know. so but it's but you can't you can't fly with that no nope. well you <laughs> no. probably could It'd yeah, you could. Yeah, <laughs> it would be ugly, like one of my airplanes, right? Yeah, Lee? I don't want the Dollar Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I, was say, I don't want the Dollar Tree foam plane. Uh, yes, Terry. Yes, could it fly like Terry's planes? Yes. <laughs> oh. <sighs> okay, so I've had I've had terrible woes, but you know what? Let's get off of me for a bit. T- Fitz, have you been printing anything on your three D printer? Yeah, like I said, I've been working with a friend of mine to do some production, low-volume production work. And so I've been printing a lot. And if any consolation, Lee, my printer, I think I found every failure mode of my printer over the past several weeks. So while yours is doing weird prints, mine has failed in all kinds of weird ways. And so I I keep patching it back together uh, and trying to eliminate future failures. And I I keep finding little things uh, that that give me trouble. And I I fix them and I move on. But... uh, uh, it can be kind of frustrating. I know it is, but yeah, I'm still printing stuff. Um, printed something yesterday, and I'm waiting for some new files from my friend to print some more stuff. But uh, it's 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 going. Huh. No, I had a thought the other day related to all this 3D printing stuff. Mm. With the since the virus has been a thing, a lot of people have been printing these mask things. I guess they're yeah. So that you know, yeah, the, the mask the doesn't sh- irritate you and stuff. The shield, they're printing two things, shield brackets and ear savers, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I was printing some earlier on myself. Yeah. So I want to start out by saying I think that's all great that people are using the resources to help um, the medical workers and all that. So I'm not trying to poo-poo that in any way. But it sure seems like if you need a million plastic pieces, 3D printing is the absolute wrong way to do it. Somebody could go and create a an injection mold, which it, that's an expensive proposition. Don't get me wrong, but if somebody's willing to invest the money to make a mold, you can pop out thousands and millions of those things much cheaper and quicker than you know, a thousand people doing it on the three D printers. Well, you're right. I, I actually tell you so. That's exactly what happened here uh, when the 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 COVID thing first hit and they're saying, Oh, Oh my God, we're going to need you know a billion of these face shields and stuff and PPE stuff. And so they basically, uh, organized and, and stood up all the maker people, people in the area, people with 3d printers. They said, Hey, if you have a 3d printer, please start making these pieces for, uh, PPE personal protection equipment, uh, brackets and ear savers and things for, for the medical community and, and service people and that kind of stuff. And so, we did that. We started printing these things up. We had a drop, we had several drop-off boxes around the Houston area. Uh, we did this for maybe a month, and then we get an email that says, "Okay, you don't need to make this stuff anymore. We've got somebody who's able, who has the injection molding equipment set up to do this." And so, while oh. it may take a week to do a thousand, these people can do like five thousand a day or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so the three D printing was a stopgap to have something. While they gear up the, the 
the mold, the injection molding, because as you know, it takes time to make the molds and to make sure yeah. they're right. And, and, you have to the, mill a, a big block of steel. You can do it yeah. in aluminum too, but then it limits the quantity. Yeah, so. and they, yeah, they wear out quicker. So, yeah. so they were working on that, but in the meantime, at least you have something. It may not be a lot, but it's better than nothing. And so they said, don't don't make these things anymore. Start making these ear savers or something, which I think they were making out of flexible material. Uh, so, so that's exactly what happened. Terry nailed it. Is once injection molding came online, three D printing was not viable anymore for that okay. particular part. All right. So, so that did happen. Like, yeah, we're all on the same page. Yeah. All right. Good. So again, thanks to all the people who participated. Yeah, yeah, but it I, helped. I and now, in fact, they're now talking about sending some of this stuff over to other countries now. It seems like the U.S. supply is pretty good. And so they're saying, okay, well, there's some places, I forgot where it was, Africa or something like that they were talking about um, as a use of the things. Oh, okay. Oh, did I tell you guys I have a new printer on order? I think you said in generic terms, but I'm not sure what it is. Yes, I have a printer. Since we were doing so much work with my friend, uh, we decided, hey, let's get a, a, a better printer that can print faster. <laughs> so we don't have to wait two days sometimes to get a print finished. Uh, and so I ended up ordering a genuine Prusa from out of, ah. was it Prague? Out Prague? Out of Europe? Prague. So uh, I have, it's supposed to ship sometime soon. And I had been kind of wanting to get one of those anyways, or another printer. Uh, this one is okay, but it's it's got some limitations. And so this was a good excuse, since he offered to help subsidize purchase, since I've been doing so much work for him. Uh, I said, okay, well, let's get one of these Prusas. I heard so much good things about them. Uh, and they claim really fast print speeds, relatively speaking, on these things. So we will see. All right, cool. Good luck with that. And I'd open up my printer back again so I can start printing out some other planes. I still got the, the join wing plane I want to print out from our last guest, Mr. Hadid's design. Right. I really like to get that uh, worked on and some other stuff. So Hadad. Hadad. Hadad, yeah. Sorry. It doesn't really <laughs> roll off the tongue, but yeah. yeah. Yes. So anyways. Just to you, know what, you, know. you know what you should do, though? I bet that Prusa would love to print a Cessna 337 first. <laughs> Just to get it warmed up, broken. Just get it yeah. warmed up. Is a test can print. Some test, can you just do some, some test prints for me? Just a few, like what, thirty-two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Oh, so one last thing. Oh um, gosh, one last thing. Uh, so I don't know if you got the email, Lee. I, I plan the next boat thing coming up. Yeah, I got some spam from somebody. But oh. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, yeah. one of the um, fellow club members at the flying field uh, says, hey, come over to my house. I got some stuff for you. Uh-huh. So um, he ends up, uh, I end up picking up a couple of sailboats from him. He's Ooh. kind of pa- paring down some stuff. <laughs> and so he's got one, one, I got one pretty big sailboat and I got one little itty bitty sailboat. The thing's probably a foot long, maybe, oh, and it's that's neat. That's a class, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. It's it's all wood. What's neat about it is it's basically a single channel sailboat. You, all you have is a rudder. There's, the sails are sort of free flowing, so to speak. Okay. They're 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 rigged so they can can flop from side to side, but you don't get more than a maybe thirty degree angle on the mainsail on the main sheet. Um, but what's neat is there's like a traditional tiller 
from a sailboat, you know, you get the the uh, that arm. That yeah. If you're in a sailboat, a little tiny sailboat, you have the arm that goes to the rudder that you hold. I believe it's called the tiller, right? Yep. And in the hull, the hull is kind of open, and there's a little receptacle for a servo. So somehow he had planned, whoever had the boat, or he, him or somebody before him, had planned to put a servo in there to operate the rudder. But it's not an easy connection because it's got this tiller arm there. And I, I kept looking at it, and it looked like he may have put a, a, some sort of clevis or something on the actual rudder, but it looked kind of didn't look like that would work very well. So I was looking at it, I was like, well, I wonder if I could use the tiller itself uh, to a servo connected to the tiller to move it, the rudder, that is. Mm-hmm. But you look at it, it's like, well, how is this going to work? Because you've got this arm that goes back and forth, side to side, a good 30, 45 degrees. Even though the servo's right there, how do you connect it to the servo uh, because of the angles and stuff? And I thought, well, maybe I could 3D print something to, to encapsulate the tiller arm on the servo. And so I kind of drew up a sketch, made some measurements, opened up Fusion 360, and with my limited knowledge, drew up a couple of pieces. And lo and behold, I was able to 3D print a nice little tiller control mechanism on the servo hmm. for this little sailboat. So I haven't had a chance to try it in the water yet, but it's, the mechanism itself seems to work pretty good. So I was real proud of myself that I was able to design something and print it out and stick it on one of my models, so... Yay, Fitz. Yay. Good, good job, today. Fitz. So, he said you can go try it out in his pool. Yeah. <laughs> so well, do we have uses? I don't know. I was going to say, after those rains we had, we had huge storms here a couple of days ago. There oh, might yeah, be man, some, yeah. <laughs> still some water out there. All right. Enough of that. Anything else we got to talk about today? Hmm. I don't think hmm. so. Oh wait! Don't you guys have an upcoming event too? Yeah, we have a one next week, and, and it appeared a lot of the guys at the Cubs and Cousins or Cubs and High Wings, excuse me, event at Space City RC were also, you know, expected to show up at Bonnerfield Field for the little Warbird event. I'm gonna try to get my tank fixed on my Corsair so I can get that thing back in the air. Uh, but yeah, we're planning to be there. Yeah, this you is the any any size Warbird flying right? Yeah, at Bonner Field. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, I plan on making it too. So, sure are we talking take. tomorrow, the thirtieth? No, the, no next, a week from tomorrow. Okay, well, sorry. Oh, you probably D- we actually we're on a radio, so yeah, it says June sixth, D Day. Okay, ooh, that's right. You mentioned that before. Yeah. Okay, so everybody in the Houston area, go to Monteville on D Day. I might just bring all my Corsairs. <laughs> I've got that new park zone all painted up, so I'll bring that. I'll bring my Alpha models Corsair. <laughs> How many Corsairs do you have? I have. Six. So you have more have Corsairs six? than P-38s. Yeah, you're a P-38 guy, man. Yeah, what well, happened? I don't know. Are my Thunder and Lightnings going to count? No. No. Only one motor. Oh, oh, okay. Then, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> they just I turned around they mass-produced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, rabbits. But I, I'm still going to say that, that, our, that H&M Corsair is still one of my favorites. So mm. thank you, Terry. You're welcome. It's not Enjoy yours anymore. It. I have I have officially changed it to mine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I used to call it I used to call it Terry's Corsair. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Corsair. <laughs> so hey. Fitz, you mentioned the uh, the Fitz's fabulous floating flotilla of fun. When is that going to be? 
That is going to be on June 27th. Okay. The last Saturday of June. At Silver and Rodriguez Park in Clear Lake? Maybe. If it's Ooh. open. Right now, the park is semi-open. It's a city park, and technically it's open, but for some reason on the weekends, they close off the parking lot for vehicles, so you can't get in. You have to walk in from, like, the street or something, which doesn't make any sense. There's no street parking out there. There is no street parking, so I don't know what they're doing. There's a couple of businesses and plazas and median areas. So it's, it's odd. That, that doesn't make any sense. Huh. But the city does have a stay-at-home ordinance until the 10th of June. So after that, hopefully they'll start opening things up full time. If not, I do have a backup site in plan. So I'll, if they're not open after the 10th, then I'll send out an email uh, giving directions to the backup site. To Lee's house. Yeah, Lee's house. His, his yeah. pool. Everybody's going to gather at his pool. Yeah. BYOB. Bring your I, you beat me to it. <laughs> 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 ah. beer can you can get it <laughs> hey so do we want to talk about this email we got or about this guy on Futaba who flew email from a follower you mean the email I got yeah do we want to talk about so, that real quick uh, uh, yeah a listener named Keith uh, responded to me his first question was where do you fly and I told him and then uh, he was just asking for help on flying so uh, he's here in Houston and he's Got a couple of old trainers, but they're pretty old because all his radio gear is Futaba 6 channel 72 megahertz. Mm, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. if it works, but, it works, right? Uh, well, that's true. And uh, he was just, you know, asking if, uh, if I'd be willing to help him get back into the hobby. And he said he was actually making plans to go to the Monteville next week. So I said, ah. uh, you know, track me down and chat with me. We'll, yeah. we'll get together and talk. So I'll be the guy with to, the Corsair. <laughs> Corsairs. Hey, you want to fly it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually sounds great. If I were him, I would pull all stuff out, even the 72 megahertz, and get it running. And just to get to see if it's still something you want to do before spending any money on anything yeah. substantial. Right, yeah. Well, it was just could, nice that someone reached out. And, yeah, you know, yeah. If you can help people like that, great. Hey, I have a question, though. This I don't want to know. If, I don't know if I want to get this too long, but uh, when's the last time you used a buddy box? Me? Yeah, both not, that, not that long ago. Probably, um, I, I use it fairly frequently when our club, our site was still open. Maybe is it wireless? Is it wired or wireless? Y- yes, depends. You on have your, the option. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious if you have a pro or con for both. I have not used a buddy box in many, 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 many years. Probably my right. Futaba 72 megahertz with a big round cord connected to both of them. Mm. And uh-huh. Not that I'm proud to say Austin didn't need it because, I mean, I was just hands-on next to him. But I, I had confidence in him that I didn't feel like he had to have a buddy box system. But my neighbor was asking the other day about his DX6 and how it buddy boxed and could it buddy box wirelessly to a DX8. And I didn't have the answer. Yeah, I think I any of the transmitters that have wireless can talk to each other. Mm. So if if the DX6 is wireless and the DX8 is wireless, they should be able to talk. I believe I've done I, that before. I haven't, and it's just kind of, well, I mean, I've been in this hobby a long time, and I, I'm used to the corded system, but I guess I need to catch up because this is probably the first time someone's asked me to, to help them, and I'm thinking a buddy box system would go well. And For guys, sure. you remember... We had, a, we had a conversation in a podcast years ago about having a buddy box system with feedback. 
Remember we the, oh, yeah. some transmitter sure. system. We used to be, be great if you could, you know, feel the other person pushing the stick, so you kind of knew which way you need to be going. Like, yeah, you need to go left, go left, and have it respond like that. So hmm. we need to get back on that. Haptic <laughs> okay. feedback. I, if only I had a three D printer and I could print the parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, just it was nice that someone reached out, and I hope I can help this gentleman. But if not, I'll hopefully catch up with him next week for the Warbird event. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Going back to the wireless stuff, the last time I used it was when I was in Lubbock, and we were using the Spectrum system, so two Spectrum radios, and I found it helpful because you could choose which channels they were able to take over, so you didn't have to give them all control. At once. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> you you have control of channel eight. There's nothing on <laughs> channel eight, but you have complete control you of the channel. Gear channel. <laughs> Turn on the lights now. <laughs> so. Wait, oh, oh, that's not right. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, give it a shot. I think you'll like it. It's pretty handy. Yeah, hmm. I guess I'll have to adopt to play with my DX radios. I just have never had to do it, so I'll let you, I'll give a follow up on my report. Yeah, I think All like right. every modern radio system, we use maybe twenty percent of the features that they offer. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think the last time I used all the features was some years ago, 20 years ago, we had a project for school, and I think it was a Futaba 7 channel, and I may have talked about this before, we had we built a giant flying wing for SAE event, mm-hmm. and I used every single piece of mixing in every channel on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and was it programming, or was it potentiometers? Uh, it was programming, it was actually a computer oh. radio. Okay. It was one of the, I forgot, the, the, was it the F7? I don't know what, I think it was a seven channel, but I can't remember the model number. Yeah. I remember being in Futaba. Back then when the programming was pretty crude too. I mean, it wasn't, you had an LCD screen, but it basically was. Like three characters. Three characters and lots of abbreviations and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, so I remember that because we had, it had, it had brakes, it had drag rudders, it had all kinds of stuff. All right, cool. How'd it do? Mixing. Well, I mean, how did the airplane work fly? Uh, it flew briefly. Then we destroyed landing gear. Um, so my flight was was very brief. Uh, it did fly the next year, and it actually apparently flew pretty well. But it had some. It was overweight and underpowered. Huh. So it it flew, but it didn't wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah. Okay. But it was neat. All right. I guess on that note. I think uh, we've tortured everybody enough for this episode. Any last thoughts before we blow this taco stand? Everybody, you know, pray for Lee to get a better printer. (laughs) (laughs) Say a little prayer tonight at dinner. Dear God, please give me a working 3D printer. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Now, actually, to to be honest, though, I hope... Those of you who are listening to our show that are stuck at home, that are still struggling with this horrible virus shutdown, that you're doing okay. If you're working in your workshop and building cool stuff, please let us know and share those photos with us. You can email us at contact at rcroundtable.com. You can join us on Facebook. You can watch our videos on YouTube. And next week, we should have another live show. So, you know, check our Facebook feed or the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Get the alerts so you can be aware and... Maybe we'll have some cool stuff to show. But anyway, we hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're flying. Hope you're flying soon if you can't. 
and we'll give you some cool updates from the Warbird event. Sounds like a plan. All right, well, while we pray for uh, Lee's 3D gods, we'll <laughs> see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.